Hey, welcome to the Houghton Baptist Podcast. Today, Pastor Dave will continue with his five-part series, Signs. And he will be continuing in the book of John. Afterwards, check out our website at HoughtonBaptist.org. Tons of information there, including information about the Vacation Bible Experience coming up August 10th through 12th. There's information there on who to contact, if you so desire. Also, if it's been a while since you've been at church, or you just want to come and check out our church, please do so. Sunday, 10 a.m., be there. Come as you are, we do. Enjoy the podcast, and have a great day. You know what, church? God is doing some phenomenal things, and you hear that every week from the pulpit, don't, don't you? After today's service, we'll have done, I think, 21 baptisms. 21 baptisms. I didn't know if that was exciting or not. You guys are like... 21 baptisms in two months is phenomenal. I've got more planned this coming week in the lake. I don't want to get in the lake, but we're going to have to do that. Uh, I prefer this, but uh, man, God's doing a work. Uh, this past couple of months, we've been able to help families in our community. In fact, 10 families through our food pantry ministry, blessing them with food. And that comes from your financial gifts, your giving. It doesn't just stay here to keep the lights on and the, the air condition feels good this morning, right? Your gifts are important. Amen. Your, your financial sowing and your tithing is so important to what we do and how many people we reach. So we help 10 families with food and, and other with different things, electric bills and heat bills. And, and you're doing that because of your giving. So I want to encourage you to keep sowing into the ministry. It's a kingdom ministry. Amen? It's a worthy ministry. So I want to encourage you to do that. Let's pray. I had to put those two things in there and We're going to ask God to do a work in our lives and our hearts uh, for us because we desperately need the Holy Spirit to speak directly to us. Let's pray. Father God, you are worthy and you're able, and I just love when you don't allow everything to go perfect. And uh, you keep us humble and keep us on our toes. And God, it's not about cool videos and and, uh, things like that. It's not even about being on time. (laughs) It's, It's just about engaging you, your message your gospel, your word. I believe that we get a taste of heaven every Sunday as we gather here and we worship all different kinds of music. And it's not about the songs. It's not about even the lyrics. It's about our worship and our praise and our prayer to you. And it's our heart. It's the condition of our heart that matters in worship, not the song, the speed, the volume, the genre. It's the condition of our heart. I pray that as we hear your word this morning, God, that you would change the heart, that we would engage truth and listen to you, Father. You have great things in store. I pray your Holy Spirit would empower me and strengthen my physical body and use me for your glory. Help us to engage. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. How many of you are invested in something that didn't quite pan out? Maybe a, maybe a bad business deal, or a relationship that was supposed to, to work. You know, this is it, this great relationship, and it failed miserably. Anybody have a relationship that failed 
miserably, right? Two of you, I'll have to pray for you. Uh, maybe, maybe a promotion you were banking on or some sort of new job and it just sort of fell through that position. Maybe, maybe you're a gambler or you were a gambler and, and you bet big and you risked thousands of dollars. Of course, you wouldn't say that in the church because none of us gamble why we attend church, right? And, and you, you lost it all. A few months ago, my uh, mom got word that she was getting a large amount of money. Cool, right? An inheritance from her uncle in Denmark. These kind of things just don't happen to Whitakers, and yet it was happening. And we're talking like $200,000. Nothing? You guys are like, yeah, okay. Chump change. Life-changing money for people like us, right? We, we talked about buying Jillian's parents' house, five bedrooms, two baths, and a couple of acres, and converting the basement uh, in, into an apartment for my mom. We had to put her in the basement. We love her, but that'd be a good place. <laughs> hey, she was all in. She was excited about it. And we talked about buying a granny pod. Anybody hear those granny pods? You see those online? Come on, church. You got to get out. These things are cool. You buy them, you just park them outside, and there goes granny. She just, then she come in when she wants to, and no, she was all for it. She was excited about, about it, but it was exciting. I mean, we began to bank on this idea of money being passed down. I mean, we couldn't sleep. We were so excited for, for this inheritance to come through. Our hope was in the inheritance, and this was just like a few months ago. Our financial struggles were soon going to be over. She was going to pay some debt off herself, and she's going to pay off some debt for me. Isn't that cool? Amen? I was excited. We got the amount back on this letterhead from Denmark, and sure enough, it was like $200,000, and I mean, we just were drooling over this. Two, two days later, come to find out, the amount was in their currency. Uh, uh, 11, uh, yeah, awesome, right? <laughs> 11 cents to the dollar, which was super disappointing, extremely disappointing. Oftentimes, church, we, we put our hope and trust in things that, that don't pan out. All of our energy into things that fall short of what God wants for us. And it's time, church, that, that we invest more of ourselves into kingdom things. Amen? Don't start off weak, church. Amen? Yeah. All right, good night here. I'm trying to work here. Things that will last for eternity. Kingdom things. Things that will actually make a difference in your life, in your family's life, in the life of others. Today, we're going to cover the the third sign in John's Gospel, which I'm super excited about. I hope you came excited to hear this third message. We're in week three of a seven-week series called Signs. And my goal for us today, church, is that we begin to shift gears. Anybody know how to drive a standard? You guys are awesome. Early in my relationship with Jillian, I had a little truck, and I thought it'd be cool, and I learned how to drive this thing. It was horrible. I was like, let's go for a cruise. And she's like, okay, can you drive this thing? I was like, sure, I've got this thing. And we take this little truck out, and it's jerking and stopping and stalling, and it was awful. And I was sweating, and she's like, I thought you could drive this thing. I'm like, yeah, well, let's just get to the store. And I wanted to call a buddy to drive it home. <laughs> Because it was so bad, I ended up selling it to pay for my wife's wedding dress. That was a, a smart choice. We're going to shift gears. Shifting our attention and our energy towards the right kind of 
things, making sure we are investing in kingdom things, kingdom ideas, investing ourselves, our hearts, our finances. Like how I threw that in there? Our energy into kingdom things. Everybody say kingdom things. I'm so proud of you guys. You guys are adjusting. I love it. Kingdom things. See, he has greater and mightier plans for each of us in our families. An inheritance, just think about that inheritance. I just love that word. Inheritance that's greater than anything we have ever, ever experienced. We just need to be redirected. Amen? Some of you this morning just need to be simply redirected. Let's turn with, uh, turn with me to John chapter 5. John chapter 5, we're going to look at verses 1 through 8. John chapter 5. The worship went a little bit long, so we'll try to get you out of here at least by 10 after 11. John chapter 5, verses 1 through 8. Everybody there? You guys are so good this morning. After this, a Jewish festival took place, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. By the Sheep Gate in Jerusalem, there's a pool called Bethesda in Hebrew, which has five colonnades. Within these, within these lay a multitude of the sick, blind, lame, and paralyzed, waiting, I just love that, waiting for the moving of the water because an angel would go down into the water and stir it and recovered from whatever ailment he had. One man was there who had been sick for 38 years, and when Jesus saw him lying there and knew he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to get well? I want you to think about that today. Do you want to get well? Sir, the sick man answered, I don't have a man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I'm coming, someone goes down ahead of me. And Jesus says this in verse 8, get up. Isn't that cool? Get up. Pick up your bedroll and walk. And the Bible says in verse 9, instantly the man got well, picked up his bedroll and started to walk. Let's stop there. The first thing I want you to notice or, or think about this morning as we kind of go through this text is the place you're most invested in. The place you're, you're most invested in, what is it? Where is it? The, the things you're invested in that might not be panning out or paying off. Because I believe that's the place you're in, is the place that God wants to move you from today. The, the place that's consuming all your time. Listen, you know your life. You know the things that you put your energy in. The thing that's, that, that's consuming all of your time, your energy, your focus. The, the place in life that's not paying off what it should by now. Sometimes. Everybody say sometimes. God wants us to move on. You with me? Not, not escape. We're, we're good escape artists, aren't we, when it comes to doing the things that God wants us to do? Not escape, not quit, not give up, but, but try something different here. Not bail or, or give up here. Just try another approach. His approach. Imagine that, that we need to try His approach in things. A kingdom approach. 
Many of us, church, continue to to battle life's circumstances and trials on our own and in our own way instead of letting God, sustainer of life, creator and king, battle for us. Does that make any sense? Amen? What are we thinking? What are we doing? Instead of letting God... Battle for us. Better yet, battle with us. We get to enter into battle with God, the King of Kings. We we, we get the same results day after day, and yet we change nothing. Why is that? Why is it so hard for us to change? to be transformed, to be renewed, to be different. Why is it so difficult to live for God, don't miss this part, to live for God in a way where where He's in control and and let Him redirect our lives? He's like a GPS system that never fails. Amen? Amen. There we go. That gets somebody excited. Since we bought, Jill and I bought a GPS for the car and for traveling, Our trips go so much smoother. We never get lost anymore. We're we're bad at driving and directions and things like that. There's panic mode sets in. In fact, because of my illness, I had Jillian drive to Marshfield, and boy, we got to Wausau, and I was panicking. I was like, pull over. Pull over! Because you could just see, you know, we get those three, four lanes, and panic was sitting in. I was like, we had the GPS. We were going to get to our location, but I was like, you got, you got to pull over. We, sorry, hon. I love you, babe. We, we uh, switched spots, and then it's funny. As soon as we got back on, it like calmed down. We never get lost anymore, which is cool. We, we never argue about missing an exit. You know how many times we've argued about missing an You You didn't tell me about the exit, and we just keep going and going. I've ended up some wrong places, and... We never argue, ever. It's peaceful in the car as well. And we get to where we're going that much quicker. If God is our GPS, then we we must let him direct. Let him lead, follow his voice, his guidance. Why is it so hard to ask God for help in areas where where we lack? And, And let's just be honest, church, every single one of us lack in an area, don't we? All right? We fall short. We have issues. We have hang-ups. We have to let God direct us. So notice the city of today's sign took place in Jerusalem, a sign that happened a full year after the second sign. And keep in mind as we go through this series that John the writer hand-picked these miracles that Jesus performed to increase our faith and lead us to trust Jesus at His Word. I like the song, Nothing is Impossible. Our God is unstoppable, right? Trusting Him at His Word. So this place was a very public place, a, a well-known place in, in Jerusalem. I mean, every, everyone from the city would, would gather at this location daily. It was the place to be. People who were in need of of something greater, in, in need of a miracle, in need of Jesus to do something. Those who were broken and hurting and ill, would gather at this pool of Bethesda for some sort of mystical, magical healing. This was it. 
And get this, you're going to love this part. You ready? No? Okay. You're going to love this part. The pool there was used to clean cattle before slaughter. Yum, right? Before they were sacrificed, they'd bring the animals there and they were bathed there and cleaned. Imagine how, how dirty, and man, it just freaking me out to, to think that people would jump in that water. Imagine how dirty the water must have been, not to mention the entire area. It was filthy. It was nasty. And yet this is where they spent their days. They spent their time there. It's what they put their trust in. Some of you are mixed up in some stuff. And it's filthy, and it's shameful, and it's dirty. Right? Some stuff. Some garbage. And you you can't get out of it. And you're hanging there every single day, and you need freedom. You need an answer. The pool there wasn't paradise, right? This wasn't a pool that you'd go and take your family and jump and everybody get a swim. It was nasty. It was a place of shame. People with disabilities and difficulties and illness and people like us. Amen? People like you and I. See, they were looking for a cure in the wrong place. They were looking for answers in the wrong location. They were investing time, energy, and hope in nothing but a legend. Everybody say legend. This was a myth. It it wasn't true. It it wasn't even real. You you know stores like Walmart and uh, Target? My wife loves those places. We got to go there in Marshfield. It was so fun, so awesome. I'm not anti-Walmart or anything like that, but stay with me. These stores, they they promise to have the best merchandise, don't they? To have the lowest prices, the, the best of everything. And oftentimes, that's just not the case. And yet, thousands upon thousands of people shop there and swear, swear, even in church, on their merchandise. This place in Jerusalem, this this pool that John wrote about here in the gospel was perceived as a special place. Keyword, perceived. It was perceived by the culture, by the community, by those who hadn't yet heard of Jesus, His ability, His power. That's why they were gathered around this pool, putting their hope and faith and trust in a legend, in a myth. They... We're missing it, right? Jesus was even in the area, which is super cool. He's going to show up soon. False hope. They hadn't yet heard of Jesus, because if they had heard of Jesus and his ability and his power, remember, this is the third sign. Surely they wouldn't have wasted their time at the pool. You with me? Nod or something. Smile. You guys are scaring me up here. They wouldn't have wasted their time with something else. They, they would have pursued Jesus. Remember last week, the nobleman, the official, he pursued Jesus. He went 
to Jesus. He didn't just hang out in his crisis and his circumstance. He left to go find Jesus and get aid and get help. And yet these people in this sign, they were just wasting valuable time at a nasty, filthy pool. For what? They believed the pool was a cure for the sick, a place for miracles. The, the pool in their culture promised healing. The pool promised freedom. The pool promised life change. The, the pool promised a payoff that was worth the weight and effort. You with me? Many of us, maybe every one of us, are waiting for a payoff. Aren't we? Amen? Don't look so discouraged, church. Not just from our jobs. We're waiting for our marriages to pay off. My wife owes me something. My husband owes me something. We're waiting for a payoff from relationships. We've invested in people. We want those relationships to, to pay off. We, we want our friendships to pay off. We, we even want our addictions. And let's be real, many of us have addictions. Amen? Wow, I was surprised many of you would even amen. Because we like to hide that and cover that in the church. We have addictions and struggles. We want our addictions to pay off. We, we even want our successes and our victories to pay off. We want our educations and the work that we've invested in to, to pay off. We're waiting for God to settle a debt. God, you owe me because. Anybody ever say that? God, you owe me because. You owe me because I've given you my life. You owe me because I've invested time and energy. God, you owe me because I've served you. God, you owe me because I've tithed, I've given. God, you owe me. You've allowed hardship in my family. You've allowed suffering. God, you owe me because, let me just say this, hasn't he already settled that debt through Jesus? paid in full through his death and resurrection, through his provision of eternal life? Hasn't he paid that debt? God, although he's a provisional God and he blesses and he helps, God doesn't owe you anything. God doesn't owe me anything. And so people would gather there at this pool waiting for this moment, waiting for an angel to, to move the water. The, the legend was that the first one in the water would be the one who was healed, the one who would be restored and, and helped. In fact, it says in the Bible they would recover from whatever their ailment was, whether they were paralyzed or blind. It didn't matter. The legend was they entered the water and they would be restored. That was the answer to their problems. Can can you picture the madness? I hope you can see it. The, the madness around this pool. The, the mayhem, the, the pandemonium, the moment that the water moved just a little bit as, as people were ill and sick and they're pushing and they're shoving and they just wanted to get in the water. They wanted help. They wanted to be restored. They wanted to be freed. Their hope was in something that was false. They'd wait just... just Think of your life for a moment. They, these people, they waited day after day and yet no answers, no healing. Sometimes we're going through things and we're waiting day after day after day after day. You know, when I sat down with a specialist in Marshfield, 
He said, how long have you been sick? I said, 14 months. And he just kind of shook his head. You haven't got answers by now? No. We all have our own trials. We have our own issues and battles, and we wait day after day after day, and we're doing things in our own strength. These people sat out in the scorching sun, and they were hopeful for change and something different. Waiting and just simply watching for a stirring in the water. I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound like fun. You know, let's just go down to the pool and we're going to watch the water. It promises hope. As soon as the water moves, as soon as the water moves, listen, I'm going to get in first. You'll have to wait. Right? Think about it. Some of you, maybe all of you, are living your life exactly the same way. It's on pause. Is that the way you're living your life? It's on pause. Not, not much is happening. There's things happening around you. Life is still moving forward, but there's nothing happening here. Because your focal point is all wrong. Your focus is off. That's it. Just your focus is off. Your attention is on the wrong things. You're, you're putting your hope and faith in yourself or, or what you have or how much you make instead of putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Right? Not me, Pastor. Not me. We're all guilty. I don't care what level you are spiritually. I don't care if you've been saved 40 years. I just don't care. <laughs> Church. We get it wrong. We put our hope in others. We put our hope in the church. We put our hope in pastors and friends and leaders. We put our hope in friendships, all sorts of things. We have to put our hope and trust in Christ. If you want answers, put your hope in Jesus. He is the answer. So I went to Marshfield last week, and just to fill you in, they found nothing major, no tumors or cancer or anything like that, which is uh, an awesome thing. We. Jill and I have never, I talk a lot. I don't know if you knew that. Jill and I, I heard that. I'll call you up here. You'll be next. No, listen. Uh, Jill and I have never been so quiet waiting for those results. I mean, I, I was in that MRI thinking, I've got babies. I've got a wife. I've got a church. Please, God, don't let me go through this. So we went there and found nothing major. I've got a chronic uh, pain condition. Praise God. Listen, many of you are suffering too, so I'm just in it with you. Different medications are going to try on. but So we went to Marshfield, and I felt as though I was at the pool of Bethesda, a much cleaner facility. <laughs> it, was a, it was a nice uh, hospital. The place where everyone goes for answers, for healing, and yet I couldn't help but think in that moment, God, aren't you able to do something bigger, something greater, God, I've done all that I can over, over the last year. I put my hope in doctors, five different doctors, two surgeons, two specialists, and a family doctor. Right? Partridge in a pear tree right there. Procedures. I've trusted countless tests and medications, but today my attention and my focus is on you. You are enough. I just kept telling myself, you're enough. My focus has to be on you 
And just apply this to your life and your situation. My focus has to be on you, not answers, not relief, not help, just you. Church, I think that's the place we need to be this morning to receive greater change in our lives. Our, our focus and our energy and our attention has to be fixed on the cross, on the Savior, on Jesus, the problem solver, on the healer. Otherwise, I get excited. Otherwise, we are wasting valuable time. I don't want to waste any more time. Do you? Verse 5, it says, one man who was there had been sick for 38 years. 38 years. He's like the main character besides Jesus. That's a long time. I'll be 37 in September. So this man was sick the span of my entire life and then some. And, And here he was putting his hope in a pool. We can assume that he tried everything else, the latest and greatest medications of that time period, and yet no result. No result. No change. I I wonder how long you have fought the battle you're fighting today. I wonder how long you've tried everything else you possibly could try. Gambling? Self-medicating? Adultery? Substance abuse? Pornography? Money? Material things, stature, success, education. I wonder how long you will continue to be in the wrong place, the wrong location, when the answer and solution are in a different place altogether. Do you know you don't have to keep fighting and wasting time? The Bible says that Jesus noticed. I love that word. Isn't that powerful? Noticed. Jesus noticed the things that you're going through in wrestling. He notices. He understands. He sees you're not alone. You're not fighting by yourself. He wants you to look to him, but you're not alone. He notices. The Bible says that Jesus noticed this man. Now picture the crowds and the mayhem, right? All these people trying to get in this pool. And Jesus walks up and he notices this man. He chooses. I wonder this morning how many of us go, I want God to choose me. I want God to heal me. I want God to change that diagnosis. I want God to to build my marriage and strengthen my relationship. I, I want God to help free me from this addiction that I'm fighting. I want Jesus to notice. Amen? How bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? He had been sick for a long time. You see, life's trials, whether it's physical illness or parenting, parenting wear you out, amen? You know, this, this trip that we took, it was the first time we were alone together in eight years. Wow. We were like, what do we do? We're the kids. No booster seats? Man, I can't wait to get rid of all of those things. What do we do? The trials take a toll on us, don't they? I wonder how many of you this morning are just like, I am so tired, Pastor. I am so weary and so broken, and I'm, I'm barely here. I'm sitting here, but something is not right. 
We wear the baggage and the pain and the suffering and the hardships and just the daily grind of our lives on our facial expressions. We reveal the hurts and pains that we go through, that we've endured through our attitudes and our hearts towards other people, towards our family and even our church family at times. See, Jesus looked at this man. Would you imagine the, that moment And Jesus could see his suffering and his brokenness, the issues that he endured. And he had just met him. And he asked, do you want to get well? What a weird question. Do you want to get well? Maybe we should ask ourselves this morning, do we want to get well? Say, yeah, I'm a little bit. I'd like a better life. I like to kick this addiction. I like freedom. I'd like my relationship to be better. I like our marriage to be better, but I don't know. I'm okay. I'd like to invest in kingdom things, but I just, I don't know. Do you want to get well? Your investment has to be in the kingdom. You with me? He was at the pool for healing. He had been sick for 38 years, why would Jesus ask this simple question? Church, there are many things in our lives which we have no control over. And I'm learning that the hard way. We were sitting in that doctor's office and I just wanted to be in control. I wanted the results. I wanted to direct people. Hey, you're not doing your job here. Something about me. I wanted to be able to fix it. Don't you want to be in control of your situations? Not going to happen. You have to release that and give God the control and authority in your life. There are times, moments where it's up to us to decide. Everybody say decide. We're almost done. Hold on. Times where we we choose to live in defeat, to live in discouragement, to live in isolation. And, And Jesus puts the outcome of this man's healing in his own hands. Do you want to get well? Make the choice. Decide today. The pool or the palace. Amen? The pool or the palace. Your suffering or my healing. Loneliness or my fullness. Emptiness and brokenness or my steadfastness. Death or life. Death or life. The man's response is classic. Sir, I have no one to put me in the pool. Isn't that kind of funny? It's Jesus! The Messiah, the King of Kings, the Healer, He's right there offering Him help and aid. And He says, I have no one to put me in the pool. Someone normally helps me, but there's no one here at this moment. See, God sometimes leads us to, to loneliness so we see our need for Jesus. Sometimes God leads us through brokenness so we need His fullness. Sometimes. Everybody say sometimes. God leads us through brokenness, so we need His fullness. He leads us through desperation so that we see our need for restoration. The irony is here, is perfect. Jesus Christ, who is the living water, who has the ability to save and restore health, stands before Him in His righteousness, extending His hand, offering Hope, offering him a better life, offering him an inheritance. And the man has no idea the offer that stands 
before him. I think we're like that sometimes. We have no idea what we have and what Jesus is offering. And it's an open invitation. It's an invite that he makes whenever you're ready. And he just says, come on, trust me. Trust me. I have the solution. I have the answer. Jesus wasn't going to help this broken man, this ill man, into the pool. Jesus wasn't going to offer him another gimmick. Jesus was the offer. Jesus was the answer. I just love that about what Jesus does. He says, get up. Everybody say, get up. up. Now say it like you mean it. Get Get up. Get up. Get up. Your wait is over. But you have to move. You have to get up. You have to listen. He says, get up to this ill man. 38 years of suffering and brokenness. Begging to go to the pool. Begging for answers and solutions. And here Jesus walks up and he says, get up. Pick up your mat and walk. That should give us some hope this morning. Amen? I hope you attack your problems with this idea of God behind you and working for you, not working against you. Get up and walk. See, too many of us aren't willing to really walk by faith. We're on the fence. We're half in. We want a little bit of Jesus. But we can't give up those things and what we're doing and how we're living. And we want to mentally invest in the kingdom because we know it's worth it. He's worthy. His mission is worth it. But yet, we're just not there. And he says, get up. Pick up your mat and walk by faith. Too many of us are caught up in our past mistakes and failures. That's just life. Amen? we got to get over it. Our sore spots, our weaknesses, our flaws, our questions. Too many of us are sitting by the pool waiting for something magical to happen when God has called us to get up and walk by faith, to pick up our mats and walk with Him. It's our choice. You with me? It's our choice. It's our decision. What's it going to be? The Bible says, instantly, instantly, picture the moment, the situation, the relief. Instantly, he got well. Isn't that cool? Instantly, he got well, picked up his mat, started to walk. Perfect picture of God's grace. And God's invitation to us this morning to walk by faith. God has an inheritance waiting for us. Eternal life guaranteed. Guaranteed for those who simply believe he died to take our place. What will it be? The pool or the palace? Let's pray. Father God, we love you. And we worship you. God, you know every situation. You know every heartache. You know every poor diagnosis. You know every illness. You know the suffering, the trials, the addiction, the brokenness, the desperation, the depression. You know all these things, God. 
Help us to see and to feel, to know that you notice us. You notice. I'm not going to put anyone on the spot this morning because salvation is between you and God, not you and a pastor or you and a church or you and a service. Let me encourage you and let you know that Jesus died on a cross and he paid a debt that you could never pay. Through his blood and his sacrifice, he died for you to give you hope and eternal life. So if you're here this morning and you like church, you've attended church, you know of God, you know of Jesus, but you haven't put your faith and trust in Christ, you haven't asked Jesus to be Lord of your life, let today be the day you leave this place changed, headed towards the palace, leaving the pool behind. You just simply ask God to be Lord of your life. You say, God, I am a sinner in need of grace, in need of forgiveness, in need of hope. I believe you're the Lord of lords and King of kings. I believe you died on a cross to give me eternal life. Would you reign over me? I surrender. I give my life to you. If you prayed that prayer, I believe you got saved. Tell your spouse. Tell your friends. Tell your family. God's moving and working. Father God, I pray that you would lift our church up, empower us, change us, renew us, strengthen us for the coming week. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to have you all stand. I'm going to have uh, Jersey and Jamison come up forward and Leah. we got a few baptisms to do. Why don't you come this way? Just stand here. Come over here. Do we have towels? Where's mom? That's all right. We'll wait for you. No rush. How cool is this? This is awesome, she says. Uh, last week, uh, Leah and the kids came here. This is only their second week here at the church. And uh, after we did... Kira's baptism, these two wanted to get baptized, and I instructed mom to talk to them about salvation, getting saved, and they want, uh, they want to show uh, their faith in Christ, and that they put their trust and hope in Jesus, and we explained to them that this is symbolic. This is just a picture. This is, this is not magical. Did I get you wet? Sorry about that. <laughs> this is just water. You with me? We wait and wait for that perfect time and that moment where everything's right. And this is just water. This is just symbolic of what Jesus Christ did through his death, burial, and resurrection. When they come up from the water, it's a picture of new life and hope. That's it. That's it. And yet we go, I don't know if I'm ready. Listen, guys, pick up your mats and walk. Walk by faith. And I'm proud of you, too, that you're going to do that. Which one wants to go first? They both do. Why don't we take him first, all right? We'll have you get in this way here. I'll let you. You got it? Is it cold? Of course it's cold. No other way. Here, we'll, you want to videotape that way? All right. Why don't you sit down in the water? Sit down like you all right? Let him, let him uh, catch his breath. <laughs> all I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you a question, and then I'll have you plug your nose, okay? You ready? I love faith steps. So proud of you. Jameson, have you given your life to Jesus Christ? 
All right, plug your nose. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Ready? We'll just wait right here. Here, ready? One, two, three. All right. There you go. All right, awesome. These kids, they don't, they're like, ah, cold water. You adults are like, oh, you know, just come on. Such courage. Proud. Jersey, have you given your life to Jesus Christ? All right. Why don't you plug your nose? I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. All right. You got him? Let's go out with our sending song, okay? Thanks for listening to the Houghton Baptist Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope the message spoke to you. If you haven't been to our church, come and check us out. We're on Sharon Avenue in Houghton. You can take a look at our webpage, HoughtonBaptist.org, get more information about our location and some of the things going on in the church. Also check out our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Lots of activity there. Houghton Baptist, the truth is spoken here. Come as you are. We do. Come and check us out every Sunday, 10 a.m. Be there. Thanks for stopping by and have a great day.